Emily's Live. Welcome to Emily is Live with me, Emily Dolan Davis. Come and hang out whilst I share my experiences in the music industry. You can ask me questions live and we can get you one step closer to your professional dreams. Hello, is it me you're looking for? How you doing guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Emily is Live. We are back in the room, we are back in the room and I'm so happy. Um, I keep having these weird daydreams where I accidentally say the old intro of Welcome to Drummer's Guide 2 because I have said it hundreds of times and this is only episode 9 I think of this, of Emily's, Emily is Live. Um, but anyway, I'm just going to say hello to a few people that are in the room, a few people got here early so we've got hooked it on classic Simone is in, Charlotte Bibby is here, we've got Stuart Coleman, yes, who I am recording for this week, blues song, can't wait, it's going to be awesome, I'm so excited about it, uh, and then uh, who else, Graham Wilmot is here, hello Graham, so Graham I worked with last week, who is just, I love Graham so much, his music is awesome, very emotionally evoking and just beautiful. Greg Steen is here. Finally, Greg Craig Steen has made it to one of these live streams, which is brilliant. Uh, Matthew North Music is here, who unfortunately has caught the Rona. Matt, we are so sorry to hear that, but hopefully you're okay and you're feeling all right and it's not hit you too hard. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Jake Pratt is here. Now, this is important because Jake Pratt, I spoke to, I think it was last week, was it not? Although last time I said this, I said, I think it was a couple of months ago and you were like, no, it was a year ago. So we did a one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching session this week um, about various things, but part of it was talking about promo shots. And um, obviously, I'm in the new studio, obviously, and I realised, God, I need to do some new promo shots. Also, I had my hair done, so that's part of the reason. And um, I was like, do you know what? I should film what I do because, okay, so check it out. When I was younger, the first 10 years that I play the drums, and I'm sure that any drummer that is um, watching this back will, or listening back will uh, like relate to this. Do you have this thing where, or I used to have this, where I would play a gig and, you know, someone might have been taking photos. Now, that, this might have been just a punter. It may have been a professional photographer, right? Now, for me, there's nothing more exciting than the prospect of someone capturing me playing, performance, with the band that I'm playing with, whatever. And every time I'd have this anticipation, oh, maybe there'll be like an amazing shot and I can use it for promotion. Whee! I tell you what, it never happened. 10 years and most of the shots I would have a symbol for a face, generally speaking, which I know that all drummers have had this experience at least once, I've had it many times. Or you'd be so far in the back, there'd be no lighting, so you're just like a shadow, a figure in the background there. Or, you know, the chances are that it just wasn't going to go well for any of us drummers. It's just an occupational hazard, I suppose. So I'm going to share with you the one picture that I had that was half decent. And I will explain to you why, although I loved it, um, it's so not appropriate for, say, promo shots for if I want to go on a gig or anything like that. And also the fact that, okay, so bear in mind, right, let me show you this. Hold on. I've got this on my shortcuts, but I can't remember which one it is. Right. So this was the only promo shot I had. Okay. I'm going to move over here. I'm sorry if you're listening back and you can't actually see this. I'll try and describe it to you. So this was me at around about, I want to say 19 years old. My hair is pink. It's also long. It's down to just past my shoulders. It's pink, blonde and dark underneath. I'm playing a pearl export kit 
and a spawn snare drum. Now, this picture is great in that it's very dynamic and I loved it for that reason. However, past the age of 20, how old was I? Oh, I can't even remember. 2011, what was that? 24, um, I cut my, all my hair off. So that's not relevant. Don't have long hair anymore. So if I sent that out completely, they would just be like, uh, this isn't the person. Um, secondly, I was 19. I am not 19 anymore. I'm 34. If I sent that out, they'd be like, catfish. Uh, thirdly, playing a pearl export kit. Now there's nothing wrong with a pearl export kit, but if you're trying to get like, you know, high-end gigs, whatever, this is very obviously a beginner, not a beginner, like an entry level kind of kit. Um, it looks very 80s with that uh, Tom arm there. And um, yeah, it just didn't fit the purpose. So anyway, so what happened was I went to, uh, I got to, when was it? It would have been 20... Yeah, in fact, it was just after I cut my hair. So again, when I was about 24, I just thought, you know, what? I'm going to take this into my own hands. And part of that was recording the Best of You video, which was me wrapped in fairy lights. And I thought, well, if I'm doing that, I may as well just set up a camera and do some promo shots as well, because no one's taking promo shots of me. And even if I got in a photographer to come and do it, I'm so awkward and I get so self-conscious. I mean, honestly, if you've ever seen me in a photo shoot, I'm the what? I just don't know where anything should be. And I just look really discombobulated, really like, just just weird, just so weird. And it, yeah, it doesn't matter to this day. I'm not great at it, man. Some of the cringy photo shoots I've had, it's just awful. And people try to be very kind, but it's just awful. Um, so anyway, what I decided to do was take it into my own hands. And I've been doing that thing for the last, like I say, since 2011. So the last 10 years, when I've decided, right, I need some new promo shots, that might be because I've got a new haircut, it might be because I've moved studios, it might be any number of reasons. You know, maybe I want something a little more dynamic, maybe I want something a little more solemn. I'm the one that's in control and decides, right, I'm gonna do this. Um, and I followed the same pattern every time. It's gotten me some amazing, amazing, here, I will show you, hold on, if I can. Yeah, so I'm, I should have been playing these whilst I've been going, actually. So these are some of the photos that I've gotten from taking my own, taking matters into my own hands. And these can be live shots as well. They don't even need to be set up in a studio. And I appreciate that not everyone has a space to be doing a photo shoot for themselves. But honestly, you could book a rehearsal room for two hours and you could easily get some good shots as long as you're kind of like doing a few looking back and, and just seeing how they go so all of these I shot like I say whether that was a camera set up on stage because that's another thing you can do little GoPro in the corner on a time-lapse function or in a studio not this studio but old studios um yeah you can literally get the most brilliant shots and they're yours you own the cop copyright as well, which is a whole thing. And you know, you just don't need to worry about it anymore. So anyway, I went live yesterday on Instagram whilst I was taking these photos to basically show what I was doing. The live stream I think was two hours long. The whole process of getting these shots was around about four hours. But what I decided to do is actually create a video talking you through exactly what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and then you can see the shots afterwards. And I'm just hoping that this will inspire you to, if you're looking to have shots done, if you want better shots of you playing, 
to show you that you can do it too and it's totally possible so right with that being said i'm gonna uh play this video that i put together yesterday and then um let's talk about it afterwards okay right hold on let's make sure that i actually hit the correct thing okay let's see let's talk you through this photo shoot so first things first number one rule be in comfortable clothes when you're setting out because nobody needs to be restricted so first of all i just simply set up some cameras i have a look at the light that's in the room i would usually have curtains in my studio although i don't currently so i could control the light so i'm working with the daylight here which makes things slightly awkward but at the same time gives a really nice aesthetic luckily so i have set up three cameras on today's shoot usually i just up one but I'm trying to be you know all good and productive so the other thing I'm going to mention is that you can have really nice cameras and all that good stuff but equally using your phone man phones are so powerful these days so there's no problem with having a phone that you're using or a, I'm using a GoPro I'm using two Sony's all you need is something with a time-lapse function so this is the first outfit and I make a point to wear things I will not wear on stage for instance this one has flappy legs which means that the bass drum beat gets caught in them and yes that does happen that is my childhood experience at least so no stage for you but perfect for doing on a photo shoot and that is always my aim is to sort of wear things that I really like I think they look cool but they're just really impractical in reality so here we go first take I'm just playing along to a song that I quite fancy I think I was playing along to who run the world girls and I play and then come and check to see what the angle are saying and see how things are looking turns out these first angles did not look great I am not going to lie to you so I decided to move some stuff around one of the cameras I just completely got rid of so we've ended up with just two now so one Sony which I'm trying to get over the ride at the moment to get a cool kind of interesting look I do know that I'm risking my life here because sometimes it likes to focus on the wrong thing and then a GoPro which has the fisheye which can give a really nice wide angle which I always love and I use a hell of a lot on the live shows I hit go on each camera I do a second take I don't think I played to anything on this take I just thought let me just play and sometimes in all honesty I don't play at all I will just hold a pose and I will sort of I guess imagine or pretend to uh, play by just wiggling the sticks a lot and it gives really nice movement but at the same time you still are in focus which is a massive massive deal and something that I've definitely had to learn the hard way when I've ended up with 400 shots and all of them are out of focus which is really fun to realize that's why I decided to keep checking so this is outfit two gone again sorry completely inappropriate because it has very very long sleeves I love it it's incredibly flattering but I cannot play in it properly although in saying that full disclosure I did actually wear it when I was recording for the voice kids but the main reason for that was because it was absolutely freezing on stage so I made it work and it did work and it was nice but I thought let's actually let this outfit air in the light of day as well move the cameras around different angles get those shutters going again got my GoPro over my floor tom because I know that I can get them in tight in interesting spots where usually for a photographer you can't have a photographer by your ride symbol it is not practical not even slightly but a GoPro you can get in there pretty nicely again I came to just check that everything was okay and it all seemed fine so once again moving cameras around trying to work out angles I thought about doing something that was slightly silhouetted and I decided that that might be a good shout and then it's on to outfit 
3, another completely inappropriate for playing, which is a very long-sleeved, very flappy-armed jumper that reminds me of Steve Jordan on the DVD The Groove Is Here, which I adore. So anyway, doing another take. This time the GoPro is over the tom, it gives an interesting wide-angle lens, and I'm also doing some more pose shots at the end, not playing, just to make sure that there's sort of some variation. And then we go on to the actual editing of the photo. So all I do is go into each camera's memory card, and I'm basically pretty brutal about what looks good, what looks awful. If something sort of spark something in me. I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. I'm more likely to keep it. I'll be honest though, on the whole, terrible, terrible shots. Um, a lot of uh, out of focus stuff, which is really fun. Um, but yeah, if I, if I get in my head that it could be interesting as a post or social media, it's good. That was the angle there that was silhouette, and it turns out all of it was completely out of focus, so completely unusable. I did sort of try to think maybe I could use it for something interesting, but my brain's going, no, don't even waste your time, because there is a time cost with all of this. So we're going to the GoPro angles, which are really nice. I really enjoy these. I know some people don't like fisheye lenses, but I think they make for such dynamic photos that are so interesting. And again, a photographer cannot get those kinds of angles in my experience, and I think it just makes it super interesting. Then we go on to the editing. So I use an app called Canva. You can get a free version. So yeah, go get that. It's really good. And I make three versions. I have a sort of YouTube thumbnail version, which is 1920 by 1080. I have a square version for Instagram. And then I have a vertical version, which is more for stories. And what I'll do is pick out one or two photos from each angle, if you like, or each outfit and plus angle, and I will create posts. For me, I try to make sure that I highlight all the sort of white colors, all the dark colors, all the black colors, and then also the golden tones. So that's just the aesthetic that I'm going for. So I'm trying to bring that out in each photo. And then it's all about just making it look nice for me, for my eye, you know, at the end of the day, it's subjective, it always will be, but if I like it, then that's a really good start. So I'll move stuff about, I'll see how I can frame it, I'll see sometimes if I can even make it funny maybe, or at least try to make it funny. And then I'll do the, like I say, the three different versions, mostly on this lot, I'm doing square versions for Instagram, but there are a couple that are kind of the YouTube thumbnail sizes. And then for the stories, I try to leave space for things like stickers for if I'm asking a question or doing a poll or something fun like that. And here are the finished photos, at least the ones that I liked and thought were redeemable <laughs> for this episode. And as I say, if you can control the lighting, then you can get some really interesting and dynamic shots as well. But just work with what you've got, whether that is a phone, as long as it's got time-lapse function, then just get playing and get some shots together. It's, it does take a bit of time, but in my experience, it is absolutely worth it. And if you're out on tour, stick a camera in the, on in the corner because these are some of the greatest shots I've ever got from playing live. And it is literally my GoPro that is just stuck to a random stand and with literally a tiny bit of editing. I get these incredible dynamic shots that no other photographer could get. If you need some new promo shots, you can top them up by yourself and never have to rely on anyone else again. So I hope this has inspired you to just get started. That was a whirlwind, wasn't it? Crikey, right, let's get these ones off. I'm gonna just cycle the pictures that I got 
on that photo shoot just so you can sort of actually see them a bit of time um hold on i'll move over so i'm not yeah being obstructed um so yeah so that was essentially four hours of of doing stuff yesterday quite intensely to the point that i probably should have stopped after two hours and taken a break but i didn't because i get on these trajectories and and that's it but like i say you know you don't need expensive equipment phones i found a oh I found an app, I think it's called Lapsit. It's completely free and you just set it going every five seconds or whatever, take a shot, even better if it makes a noise because you know, it. you can actually hear when you need to change pose if you're posing a shot. I wanted to talk about the posing a shot as well because I didn't really explain that properly very well on the video, but I've just got some sticks here. So what I mean by rather than actually playing along because sometimes if you're playing along, it can be difficult because your camera, wants to try and focus but it can't so you end up like just with blurry faces or you know but you want some movement in the sticks or in your arms or it depends what your instrument is i suppose but what i meant by posing and sort of moving the sticks to get the movement but without the the face moving so the face can be in um focus is like so let's say oh look i'm having fun by the way always like do poses facial expressions the whole thing that match the way that you actually play and actually perform because otherwise uh, what's that thing false advertising never a good thing nobody wins but let's say you're a super happy person when you play right um so what i would do is say i want quite a dynamic shot i'm about to hit a crash or whatever so rather than actually hitting the crash and and it being all like blurry and whatnot literally hold the pose and then you just shake the sticks as if you're air drumming essentially like that and that will give you the movement of the sticks but you'll stay in focus so it's little things like that that i've sort of learned over the years uh, that really just helps the situation and as i say if you can sort of take things like this into your own hands, then I think it's nothing but a good thing. Plus, it's actually really fun and you can get really creative with it. Like, I, there were a bunch of shots that I did when I didn't have anywhere to play, but I managed to set up a kit with, like, it was lit from behind so it had a silhouette of drums behind me and then I was just like jumping around and being really silly but it made for some really interesting shots that I still sometimes use. I haven't used them in ages actually. I should probably, yeah, I can post them on my new Instagram at some point. But uh, let's stop this photo shoot carousel thing because you've seen enough of that. But anyway, I hope that this helps. Tell me, ask, like, ask me whatever questions you've got because um, I love talking about this. I find it really, like I say, creative and um, I just really enjoy it. So. Right, so I'm gonna go to the questions in the room in a second, but first I've had some questions in before I went live. So as always, I will go to those first. If you wanna be, if you wanna join in on any of these lives, go to emilyislive.com, sign up, and you can be part of the conversation live. Or if you can't be here live, then also go to emilyislive.com and you could submit any questions that you have for me. So. This one is related to today's topic. I don't know who it's from actually, but they said, uh, would it be better to have a film of yourself playing the drums to get work as well as photos from that film? Also, what would you include in a package to promote yourself when looking for drumming jobs? Okay, so two part of there. So the first bit, what's better, the, the film of you playing or the photos or both? Um, well, I would say variety is the spice of life. So if you can only have, uh, I mean, it's always good to have video of you playing. Uh, okay, so oh, there's, there's so much that I could unpack with this. 
I think video view playing is, is gold because it gives a real visual representation of someone playing and I think video should be sort of like number one. What I'll also say with that, don't neglect the sound of the video. So it might sound awful. It might be just drums all distorted, horrible, that's fine. Take that audio away, mute it and record something or overlay something that you've recorded or, or just something that is different that is re still related to you in some way. It might even be an artist that you're playing with um, and have that as the soundtrack because it can be really distracting to hear this kind of like gross sound. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, that is a gig. That is what it sounds like when you've just stuck a camera up. People want to hear nice things. They want to see nice things. And as long as it represents you, then it's, it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't have a video of you playing a ballad and then you've got a heavy metal track underneath. That probably won't work. But, you know, just, just, be logical, like it's, it's not rocket science after all. Um, so yeah, and then if you wanna lift a few shots from that, if you can, if your camera is good enough, if the lighting is good enough to lift shot sh shots directly, great, do it. But what I will say is that, you know, it might be quite, well, either reframe them, so you change like, say you're central when you're recording the video, just change it so you're to right or left of the frame um, and, and sort of make it look a little bit different, maybe change the colouring, something like that. But ideally, I'd say get a, either a separate gig where you've taken some stills or a completely different shoot or even the same gig, but a different angle will work too. Um, just have some sort of variety because otherwise it looks like it's all just like it's just one show that you've done and it's a bit weird. <laughs> I don't know. I think so, at least. Um, so, yeah, I think film is brilliant. Go for that. Vi uh, photos are pretty essential, really. Um, I think, yeah, so do them. Just even if it's a couple, even if it's a couple of shots. So from that four hour shoot, I had three different outfits. I think I ended up with like 24 shots. It's not bad. It's not bad going for four hours work. Um, and then the second part of the question was, uh, also, what would you include in a package to promote yourself when looking for drumming jobs? So video. Absolutely. Photos, absolutely. If you have audio of you, of you playing, it depends on what the job is, because if it's a recording job, audio is everything. Like, they need to know how you sound, because that's all that matters. If it's a live show, video is key, because they want to know how you perform and what you're going to bring to a live show. Um, and then aside from that, you know, a very short CV, just literal bullet points of your experience or people that you've played with or genres that you play in. You know, again, if it's a recording thing, have a portfolio of like five or six or even three or four just different songs that you've recorded in the same sort of vein of whatever job you're going for. Um, if it's live, then just put down your live experience, put down all the skills that you have, whether that's, you know, uh, obviously say it's me, Drummer, uh, plays a bit of percussion, backing vocals, not really. Um, <laughs> but maybe you do backing vocals, then put that down. Uh, can read music, electronics, can run playback, um, and then list, you know, Ableton, Logic, uh, HD24, you know, whatever, QLab, <laughs> whatever things that you can use for playback. So basically you just wanna showcase yourself and what you can bring to a gig. How can you help that other person? That's what I would say. But make sure it's in very short form, very digestible bullet points or making the key points bold or something like that, just to showcase what, 
like I say, what you can offer to a gig. So I hope that that helps in some way. I'm not sure. Okay, so second question came from Drummer's World, 1972. I know you can't be here usually, but thank you for the question. Who said, how do you manage neighbours and noise? So... At the moment, I'm very lucky. Obviously, I have a studio, it's soundproof, it's purpose-built. I am the luckiest of the most lucky people in all of Lucky Land. But it hasn't always been this way. So um, growing up, I didn't have a drum kit to play on at all uh, up until the age of, I want to say, like 14. And, even, and then it was an electronic kit. Um, and, and then it was an acoustic kit, but it had silences on it. So I'd say in terms of neighbors, just open up a dialogue. Um, I had a funny story. So when we moved to our last house, initially before the studio got built out, I had to practice for an artist I was working with, Rosie Lowe. And I was terrified. So I was like, we've literally just moved into this house. We have brand new neighbors and I'm about to start practicing. I'm a drummer. They're going to hear it. They're going to hate me. So I went round to the, the neighbors before anything. And I just, I knocked on their door with a little bit of paper, uh, with my email address, my number. And it was almost like going around and saying that I was a sex offender. It was that kind of like, awkward and horrible and I was like oh hi um so we've just moved in next door but I thought that I, sh I should let you know um I'm actually a drummer and you could see their faces like oh god and I was like look I, I'm only gonna practice you know I've got to do a bit of practice but it's only gonna be like a couple of hours a day it's gonna be in the middle of the day I'll make sure that it's not past x not before y um and yeah and I just was very open and I said look if there is any problem if you ever are just like no too much just stop just text me email me call me and I will absolutely because at the end of the day my number one concern is that you're okay like you guys are fine um and that work worked really really well if however your neighbors aren't that great which that's happened to me too um rent a room that's what I would do so I was living in a place that well I was living in various places for about three years where I wasn't able to practice but I was out on tour I was needing to you know have a space so I found this uh, rehearsal room it was around about an hour's drive from me but they offered some crazy package like if you were there midweek during the day you could get a studio for, I think it was like 10 till four, and it was something crazy, like five pounds. It was something insane, but it was because I searched it out, I sort of got to know the guys, and I was like, look, can I come in? And, yeah, great. Um, and that really, really helped. So I think it's just working within your means. There'll, there'll always be something, I think, that will hinder what you're trying to do. But as long as you're sort of respectful, find a way around it, then it's kind of fine. So I'm just, I'm very lucky at the moment with the neighbours and noise situation. So I hope that that's helped you drum as well, 1972. And uh, yeah, hopefully, let's see. <laughs> and then uh, the last question I've had before I came live was, was there a turning point in your mindset going from hobbyist to semi-pro to pro slash full-time? Um, so hobbyist to semi-pro, I think the only change from hobbyist to semi-pro was deciding, just going, I'm doing this. And that was when I was 14. So I'd been playing for three years and I'd been circling around the idea, but at 14, I dedicated myself. I was like, no, this is what I do. Um, and it wasn't a negotiable. It was like, no, it's not about if I can do this is how I'm going to do it and when, and I've just got to do the work. And I knew that. And it was just like, right, let's go. Um, in terms of turning from semi-pro to pro or full-time, yes, I suppose the change was just 
getting so proactive and just taking really uncomfortable action, basically. So up until I was, again, around about 2011, so 10 years into my career, my career, into my playing, I should say, I, I was in bands, I was playing around London, like loads, I was doing rehearsals all the time, I was, you know, I was just on the cover circuit, I was just sort of like doing that a lot, I was, I'd been doing bits, bits and bobs, um, and then, but there were things that I was kind of avoiding, and then there were, I was coming up with reasons that things weren't happening for me, so annoying, I annoy myself, so annoying, um, and I would make excuses, you know, this, that, this is the reason I'm not getting that, this is the reason I'm not that successful, this is the reason I can't do this, can't do that, moan, 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 moan. so boring, nobody cares, Emily, nobody cares, so I decided to just actually do the things that I knew would move the needle, but would make me feel very vulnerable, and that, the first thing that I did, that is the discernible moment that things changed for me, was recording that uh, Foo Fighters Best of You YouTube video wrapped in fairy lights. I can't tell you how vulnerable I felt going into that, releasing that, how much I was just like, oh my god, everyone's gonna hate it, everyone's gonna hate me, no one's gonna call me, everyone's gonna realise how rubbish I am as a drummer, Every, like all the worst things you could think of yourself. That was what I was thinking. I was like, oh my god, it's just gonna be the most awful thing in the world, my whole world's gonna end and you know, no one's ever gonna call ever again. And blah, 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 blah. Um, absolute reverse happened and it gave me the confidence to then keep going and actually start creating the career that I wanted versus waiting for someone else to call me and I think taking control like that just totally turned everything around for me so yeah I think that's the mindset the kind of the shift and then from there my confidence just grew in what was possible and then it was you know opening up my own studio my god when I tell you that that was never on the table for me, especially around the age of that sort of age, 23, 24. If you'd have told me that 10 years later, I'd be sat here right now in a studio recording for people and just doing it all remotely with this beautiful outlook and all these wonderful people chatting to online live, you would have been like, nah, you're joking. Like that's the biggest joke in all the world. But I tell you what, if you can find a way to just, I guess, affect your own fate, be proactive, take action, and it's gonna be uncomfortable. But the more that you take uncomfortable action, the more comfortable it becomes, and there's definitely power in that. And then find the next uncomfortable action, and then take that and see what happens, because weird stuff happens. I, I am um, I'm living proof that the weirdest stuff can happen sometimes. So anyway, I hope that, sorry, that was a bit of a long ramble. That was not intended. Right, let's go live to the room. Again, if you want to be part of this conversation live, go to emilyislive.com, ask me any question that you want, or if you want to actually be in the room, then you'll get a link 15 minutes before I go live uh, every week, um, and a little blurb on what I'll be talking about so as you can tell it can literally be anything so let's see who else in the room Zalster is here hello Michael how are you he says I don't care for daylight savings time lol so Zalster is in I want to say San Antonio Texas have I made that up or is that something in the back of my brain that's actually working for once I'm not sure but anyway Zalster hello it's lovely to see you in and I'm sorry that yeah and I'm going early I'm earlier than usual as well so I double apologize <laughs> I don't know why I'm apologizing for daylight savings I don't think that one's my fault but the going on earlier it definitely is um 
Graham Wilmot is saying, going to have to leave before the end of this one. Hopefully I'll get to see Em's photography ideas first though. Yeah, I hope you managed to, to see all that rambling. It was, yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, Zalsta is saying good day to everyone and sorry to hear that Matt has caught the, the horrible Rona, although I think he was saying that it's actually quite mild. So thank goodness for that. Joe Perkins is here, woohoo! Working on some stems for ya. So uh, me and Joe are working together this week as well on, I want to say Thursday. Joe, have I got that right? It's either Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, I can't. I, I did look at my diary this morning, but I've done a poor job. Again, Joe Perkins, amazing guitarist. Joe, I was talking to someone over email uh, last week and we were talking about, and I can't remember who it was, talking about how brilliant your guitar tones are and how much we appreciate you. And the fact that you sent me a rough demo to listen to for this recording this week the tones were so good and the recording was so good and you were like oh no it will be better dude you're awesome you are awesome if anyone wants to hear uh, so joe also does a lot of testing of different guitar pedals on his youtube channel so go check him out he's amazing we love joe um so graham wilmot is saying to matthew north sympathies hope it's a mild one and doesn't hang around um simone says nice haircut Thank you. It's by Vince Bavetta of Tony and Guy in Enfield, who is the only person who has cut my hair since 2011, and I love him dearly. And then the colour was done by a lady called Lisa, also from Enfield. Um, <laughs> right? Sorry, I'm such an idiot. Um, Jake Verrett says, yes, I thought the subject sounded familiar. Yeah, so, Jake, it just made me realise how, like... I don't know, just, it's such a simple concept, taking your own photos, and it's not that hard, really. Honestly, I'm an idiot, and if I can do it, I'm pretty sure anyone can do it. Um, it does just take a bit of time and a bit of messing around, and if you can enjoy the process of just being quite creative, like, ooh, that looks interesting, obviously that's gonna help. You might hate it. Um, if you hate it, you can still, you know, just muddle on through and you'll get something, you'll get something. And it's really interesting having an awareness of what you look like when you're playing, the shapes, the facial expressions. I think anything like that, understanding your performance better is great for going for jobs, especially if it's live um, or performance related. Maybe it's something to do with video. But um, yeah, very... I. I've found it invaluable, I really have. Um, Arno is here, hello Arno, lovely to see you. Yes, I made it, I had some Wi-Fi issues, missed the last two or three lives, but I'm here. We are so happy to have you Arno, so happy to have you. Uh, Graham is saying, lovely, loving the hair, thank you very much Graham. And Dawnie Vick is here, hello Dawnie, how are you? So Dawnie is an amazing guitarist, she also is an amazing producer, we both work together on Sophie Mahon's latest release, which is amazing and so one of her tracks called soldier in the wildcat ended up having 60 tracks of drums because i just couldn't help myself with overdubs it's like two full-on oh no is it three maybe it's three full-on kits and then so much percussion 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 and 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 like sounds and almost foley type stuff um oh it was so fun and actually it was one of the last things i recorded at the first studio so yeah lovely to have you donny it's lovely to see you matthew north says i'm lucky oh crikey sorry my my uh, my page just jumped 
Uh, so that Matthew, who has just caught the coronavirus, unfortunately, I'm lucky it's mild. I'm just worried about the people I've been around. Oh yeah, with my gig last week, but touch wood, they're okay. Yes, I, it's funny. As I was, I just spat. Sorry about that. Um, I was just thinking, you had like three gigs, wasn't it, last week? Or two gigs? And I think one of them was at Ronnie's. Did I make that up? How were they? How were they getting, aside from catching coronavirus, not ideal, bit of a, you know, downer. What's the opposite of a silver lining? It's like a non-silver lining at all. Um, like a copper lining to your, your week. But um, how was the gig, aside from catching corona? Arno says, looking good, Emily. Thank you, Arno. You're very kind. Uh, Fernando Riviera Neto. Hey, Emily. I'm on work and can't follow the live stream, but I'll take a listen ASAP. Thank you so much for your insights. Fernando thank you for your support. You're a wonderful person. I, I really must apologise and thank you if you stuck out this far and you're on the audio podcast version of this, not watching the video. I will say go watch the YouTube so you can see the visuals, but I did try to at least describe stuff so that it would make sense, but I don't, I'm not sure I did a great job. So I apologise, but come and look at the YouTube so you can actually see all the photos and stuff. Um, so Simone, sa uh, Simone says, that's a fab photo though, the one with the fairy lights. Oh, thank you. Like I say, that was, I wanna say that was the first ever shoot that I did, photo shoot, along with the videos. Like afterwards, I was like, right. In my head, it was like, I should take photos to promote the video. That was my thinking. I'm pretty sure I'd done like a couple of just, um, like profile shots before, like maybe a couple of weeks prior, just messing around really. Uh, but yeah, that, like I say, that one day I feel like was such a pivotal moment in my career and, you know, in a wider sense in my life. So, um, oh, I'm sure many people have heard me say this. The reason that I did that video was basically because my sister made me. So I'm eternally grateful to Hannah for, you know, just giving me that push. She often gives me that push, actually, where I'm I'm sort of like teetering on the edge of an idea or something, or maybe not teetering at all, maybe not even seeing the idea. And she's like, you should go do this. This would be a really good thing. That would look really cool. That would be interesting. And often she is correct. It's very annoying. No, I'm joking. It's great. It's amazing. Jed Kenyon is here. Hello, Jed. How are you? Afternoon. Oh, just checking in and saying hi to you all. Catch up soon. Have a great stream, Emily. Take care, everyone. Thank you for popping in, Jed. It's lovely to see you on here. Salster says, so which GoPro are you using? Well, I, I was going to get them out. There's no point. So I'm currently, today I was using a GoPro 4. And the newer one that I've got, which is amazing, is the GoPro 8. But when I started out, I think I was using a one or a two. Um, I don't have it anymore, actually. I don't know where it went. I, I'm not one that throws things away ever, well, very rarely. Um, and I don't know where that is. But that Hero 8 is uh, pretty spectacular. I did look at the new one that's come out because there was something really interesting about it that I thought would be really uh, good. But can't remember what it was, so it couldn't have been that good, which is great because I didn't buy it. So, um, so yeah, so the GoPro 8 is kind of the one that I'm using at the moment if I get the chance. The thing that I like the most about the GoPros is they work really well in low light, which is perfect, obviously, for... Um, live shows basically and they're really good with dealing with motion obviously it's kind of what they do so um yeah the, a, a lot of the stuff is very in focus the downside is you know the reason that i have uh, the go a gopro and a sony is that the sony 
although for its fault sometimes does focus on the wrong thing when you get the right thing in focus it can look there's a lot of depth to it which is really nice like when you get that sort of blurring of the background or maybe something in the foreground so it's just a really different aesthetic so I like that I like the fact that you can get two very different looks from two different cameras obviously I'm starting to get very warm I might be I think oh um anyway so Kevin Siegel, hello Kevin, how are you? Are you well? Um, good morning everyone, just after 7am in the Eastern USA. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Thank you for joining us Kevin, you and Zalsta, uh, and it's 6am where Zalsta is, you are mad, but we love you for it, so we're so glad to have you here. And Kevin says, I agree Zalsta, I'm no fan at all. This is of daylight savings, yes. I've got to say, I am a fan at the moment because I have to do a call on Wednesday, is it, or Thursday? I say have to, no, I get to. I get to do this call on Wednesday or Thursday and um, we're only four hours time difference at the moment, which is brilliant. So it means I can get it done earlier in my day. Oh, so happy. So Simone says, don't forget to smash the like, guys. Oh, thank you, Simone. You are my resident reminder for things like that. Yeah, if you're enjoying this uh, on YouTube right now or on the podcast, like it, subscribe, share, all the good stuff. It all helps me to get the word out and more information. I'm being very handsy today, aren't I? Um, right, Jake Perrette says, any recommendations for a camera that won't break the bank? Secondhand GoPro, which one or any good knockoffs? I don't know about the knockoffs, but I do hear that they're very good. Um, in terms of, I mean, the GoPro 4 is really great. It's got, an, it's got a screen, which was the difference from the one for me. So the one never had a screen. You just kind of had to take your, your life in your hands with it. But uh, yeah, the, fo the, fo the four is good. And everyone that comes out, you know, obviously the price gets cheaper of the older ones. So that's great. And then the Sony. What is the Sony that I can never remember? Oh, actually, it's what I'm filming on right now. What is it? It's Zen. I should know this. Oh. Is it a ZS100 or something? I don't know. It's the Zeiss. Zeiss? These are things I should know. Anyway, it's... um. Hold on. Right, I'm so sorry. This is so... Oh, there we go. Oh, no, that's a different one. Hold on. I'm going to tell you for sure. This is... Oh, that's it. A DSC RX100. These are expensive. There are about eight different um, versions of it. This one is the one. This is the first one that ever came out. You could probably, I don't know how much you can put pick these up for now. I think they're like 200 quid, but the newest version is like 1200 quid. It's crazy, the difference, like the Mark 8 or whatever it is. I don't, I don't even know, I don't have one. Um, yeah, they're brilliant. They're really, uh, like I say, this is a version, this camera that I'm filming on right now is a version of that. It's the newer one that is kind of more geared towards um, vlogs and podcasting and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it does the nice blur, slight blurring of the background, which is, I quite like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, GoPros, the four is brilliant. Four is great. If you can go a bit higher, that's great too. They all work. Like, I think it's just finding things that work. But like I say, you can use your phone. You don't even need to use any specialist crazy equipment. So Matthew North says, Jake Perrett, yes. Oh yeah, the Zoom Q2N. Excellent audio and the camera is pretty good too. It's basically a field recorder with video tacked on, but does the job, especially in good light and not very expensive. 
I think I used to have, I don't know which one it was actually, maybe it wasn't the Q2N, I love Zoom products. So the first, well not the first, one of the first USB mic recorders that I have that was standalone was the H2N. Loved that, wore it to death to the point that it just, it fell apart because I used it daily, hourly. It was so good. I love it so much. I love it so much. Um, so I love Zoom stuff, but I did get, I want to say it is the, the Q2N, but I'll tell you what it was. I was using it for streaming and the quality for streaming is not great. But I spoke to them and they said, yeah, so uh, the streaming quality isn't as good as the recording recorded video if that makes sense so yeah maybe look into that as well um so donny vic says so how did you get from doing the videos like the food fighters cover to getting gigs uh, such as kim wild did you approach them or did they approach you okay so well the kim wild gig was slightly bizarre um so right so how did i go from doing food fighters videos basically the difference was i was getting like recommended for gigs a lot well not a lot a bit a bit a few people were now that's great and someone saying oh Emily would be great for that is brilliant and I might get a phone call brilliant let's have a chat awesome yeah say all the right stuff wherever I can say all the stuff that I want I can say all the gigs I've done I can say all the experience I have but if there's not a, a representation of me that someone can visually see or audibly hear there's only so far that recommendation can go. There's only so far that someone will put their reputation on the line to bring me in on the off chance that it would work. Basically, you know, that kind of limited me to the people that I was or I had played with. And I was, a, I still am a big advocate of getting out there and playing with as many people as you can. I've always done that. I've always been in multiple bands. I'm always, you know, doing gigs everywhere and, you know, depping, dep drama for all sorts of stuff. But... If you do something like, even if it's a covers video, it doesn't matter, whatever it is, if you put something out there, you instantly, your reach just goes so much further than your immediate network. And if someone does recommend you, there's a reference point. So someone can say, Emily would be great for that. Here, check her out here. Someone can watch the video, make a decision for themselves, and there you go, now you've got two people thinking you might be good for this job. So that was kind of the difference. In terms of the different gigs, I mean, every gig has come around in a different way, um, it, even to the point sometimes, I don't even know, Tricky, when I played with Tricky, me and the musical director, to this day, still have no idea how I ended up on that gig. He has no idea where he got my number from. I have no, I remember getting the phone call, but I don't, we, we couldn't work out any mutual friends. Um, it, it's just one of these very strange gigs. So that, and that was, when was that? That was 2011. Uh, gigs like, uh, for instance, Cher Lloyd, I got that through a recommendation. So one of my best friends, Cherise Say, she's a drummer as well. She had been working with a keys player on Mika, and he was MDing Cher Lloyd. And Cherise says, well, why don't you get Emily? She'd be perfect. He looked, he watched the video. He went, yeah, that's perfect. That would be a really great fit. Got me in for audition. It all worked out really nicely. Ended up playing with Cher Lloyd for a year. Um, after that, 2014, Thompson Twins. That was because the drummer who last did a Thompson Twins gig, uh, a wonderful man named Jeff Dugmore, uh, that was back in 87, was the last gig he did with him. Uh, Tom wanted him to do the next tour that he did, you know, 30 years later or whatever. Um, 
Jeff wasn't around, but Jeff's a friend of mine. And Jeff was like, well, why don't you check out Emily? Again, Tom and his manager saw some stuff online. and was like, oh, yeah, that might be cool. Let's get her in for it. Well, it was actually just a chat. It wasn't even it wasn't even audition. The first time I played with Tom was in the rehearsal room with Tom. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's fine. Um, and in terms of Kim Wilde, so this was weird. The, so, uh, well, you know this, Dawn. So Kim Wilde has two drummers. So it's me and Jonathan Atkinson. Jonathan Atkinson has been with Kim for 15 years. He's amazing. I love him. Again, one of my best friends. And he couldn't do one show and at that time we were also we were playing on Howard Jones together so he said to me in a random you know gig in the middle of the state somewhere said by the way I can't do this show with Kim could you cover it for me and I was like yeah great I kind of knew a couple of the guys from the band and I was like yeah that'll be really fun anyway when did the show had a great time really fun great bunch loved it and in the bar after this show <laughs> As a joke, so Kim was like, oh, I really enjoyed playing with you. As a joke, I said, ha, you'll just have to have two drummers now. And she went, that's a great idea. Let's have two drummers. And uh, her, her sound engineer was next to her and he just looked at me and was like, I hate you. And I was like, I love you, thanks, Shawnee. <laughs> so um, yeah, things just come about in really random ways. But if you have that point of reference that someone can look for themselves, same with the darkness. They, you know, we had a few mutual friends, a few different people that said, why don't you get Emily? That would be a really good like match. They then saw the video on YouTube of me wrapped in fairy lights and went, yeah, we want her. That's brilliant. Let's do that. So it just, yeah, it's just, um, I guess it's almost like social proof. It's just showing people what you do on your own platform. That's how I see social media. It's kind of like having your own marketing platform. You get to do with it what you will. Like, it's amazing and it's so powerful. Like, even doing stuff like this. This is not drumming, obviously, but... People get to see my personality. Some people really like it. Some people really hate it. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But what it means is people are more likely to reach out for recordings, you know, drumming recordings or going on tour or even down to just doing interviews or something like that. And um, in fact, so a big part of the reason that I was involved in Count Me In was because one of the producers who I've known for a long time, but she saw that I was doing these to camera pieces and she was like, why don't you come and do this interview like you'd be perfect for it because I can I can talk fairly comfortably on 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 screen I suppose it is yeah on camera that's what I mean so um yeah it's just funny how things come about but I think if you just put lots of little things out there then it's like sowing lots of little seeds some of them won't take some of them never do but other ones sort of either will keep coming back year after year like that video of me and the Foo Fighters or it will be a one and done, one person will see it and it will make all the difference and then it will never be seen again or it won't make a difference but yeah I think um, I can't even remember what your original question was Dordie oh it was just basically yeah how how did I get all those the, all those gigs so sorry that was very very long and randomly uh, rambly but I hope that it gives you some insight into how that sort of the cogs in the machine work, if that makes sense. So, Kevin is saying, uh, I know you're not a gearhead. <laughs> See, you know me, Kevin, but I need the details of that beautiful purple sparkle snare drum on your kit. I also have a purple sparkle snare drum that I built. It's an American Chevy, uh, cherry stave drum. Well, that sounds amazing. Do you know what? You're the second person this week, Kevin, to ask me about this snare drum, and I'm embarrassed to say. So here's what I can tell you. It is a drum supply snare drum. 
it's 14 by six and a half in size it has a purple sparkle wrap but past that i have no idea i have no idea it was a gift from my husband and i love it and it sounds it just sounds amazing it sounds amazing in the studio it sounds amazing live it's just one of those really versatile drums and usually it's wood as well uh, I say that because usually I, I like um, metal drums like I'm, I just prefer it's just my experience I've just used a lot of metal drums so I understand how to manipulate them and get the sound that I want but this drum is like it's I love it I absolutely love it so yeah it's a drum supply uh, snare drum they're based in Nashville that's all I can tell you and I love it that's all I can tell you so Jake Brett says to Matt North um, yes I've got the zoom Q2N it's great. I realised my question wasn't clear. I mean something for taking time-lapse stills. Annoyingly, the Zoom doesn't do stills. Oh yes, Jake, that's true. We worked this out. Or you told me this on our call the other day. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, the, the GoPro is really... It's, it's an excellent all-rounder, I would say, the GoPro. Go for the four. Joe Perkins says, Wednesday, I think. Yes, but Thursday will be okay too. Oh no! Joe, you're in my diary. It's just I can't remember my diary right now. All I can think about is this live stream, so it's all good. Um, glad you like the guitar tones. I've got a fun one planned for the intro of this new track. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. I can't wait. I literally can't wait. Craig Steen says, got to fly to Scotland for a gig this week. Any tips on how you pack a full set of breakables into one easy jet? hood luggage hand luggage i think um i'm just using a samsonite case symbols on a under 20 inches so they fit in well who knew right any tips for how you pack a full set of breakables oh breakables hmm. well hand luggage eh it's a bit rough in it that's a bit rough if you could mm, no <laughs> no no not really um, I've I've packed breakables into checked luggage. That's kind of fine, but uh, very small snare drum, very thin snare drum. If you can get one of those backpack ones and try and blag it or give it to someone else to wear on their back, that would help. Um, are you bringing a kick drum pedal? Because if you are, get that out. Just deal with whatever's there. Oh, scary. Um, yeah, no, no. Oh, I'll tell you what, another really good thing. Uh, have you seen those very small Vic Firth stick bags? So they're in conjunction with Mike Dolber. They're, they're literally about, what's that? 10 centimetres, eight, 10 centimetres um, wide. And they're great. You can pack about three pairs, four pairs of sticks in there. They're really good for things like that. Uh, but yeah, past that, no, not a clue. But I'd really like to see a picture of how you end up packing that. Matthew says to Jake, ah, gotcha. I'm guessing for a time lapse, a more traditional, um, sorry, more traditional digital stills camera of some sort. Yeah, like I say, a GoPro works great for stills and um, the, the Sony does do stills, but you have to download a second application which is really annoying. Or at least you did on the old ones. Maybe on the new ones you don't have to, but um, it is worth it, it is worth it. Nathan Drums is here. Hello, Nathan, how are you? Are you keeping well? That was your fault that I did that live stream the other day. No, I'm joking. Thank you for your lovely input. So it was kind of doing the live stream in real time of me doing all that photograph stuff. Uh, Nathan kind of suggested it and I was like, do you know what? Maybe I will do like a fly on the wall live stream. So. I'm not interacting like this, but you can see what's happening and what's going on. So I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure 
if it's beneficial, I'm not sure. I think being engaging is a better use of everyone's time, mine and yours, to be honest. Uh, Chris Pound is here. Hello, Chris. Hi, Emily. Good to see you again. I'm travelling from Kent to Yorkshire. So listening in, not watching. Chris, I apologise. You probably, you know, I'm talking all about these pictures and videos and look at this and look at that. And you're going, can't see anything, but just keep driving. It's all good. I hope it's not too long of a, a drive. That's a that's a bit of a schlep. Um, what's that, five hours maybe? Charlotte Bibby says, earlier time is good for me. It means I can always watch whilst doing some work before lessons later. I'm so glad, Charlotte. To be fair, I think earlier works better for me too, because when I've been doing these later on in the day, I finish and I literally, I'm like, just, just fall. I'm so exhausted. I can't even tell you. So it's just not ideal, I don't think. I don't think. I like this. I like I like that slightly earlier. So Matthew says, I played a warm-up gig with Mike Westbrook, that's right, locally, and the gig was amazing. The next gig is Pizza Express Jazz Cafe. That's right. Fingers crossed nobody else has it and the gig will go ahead. That's what I was thinking. It wasn't Ronnie's, it was Pizza Express because, yeah, it's Dean Street, right? Which is... Is that where Ronnie's is? Or it's like the next street? Ronnie's? Dean Street? Yes. I don't know. I know where it is to see it, but I don't, yeah, anyway. Uh, Charlotte Bibby says, great podcast. Oh, thank you, Charlotte. You're very, very kind, as always. You're always too kind. Zalster says, Q2N is interesting. On the webpage, GoPro 10. Uh, I, Zalster, I feel like these are notes that you're writing. Hold on, right. Q2N is interesting. Oh, on the webpage, right. He's on the webpage right now to have a look. So Zal says, GoPro 10, sound has issue unless you use uh, with the uh, use the kit with the modify mic. Multiple lights like a concert can overwhelm the camera and get blur or or one light overtone. Zalster, thank you for this insight. I'm so glad I didn't buy it now. I must say, I don't use GoPro for any audio ever, 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 ever. It's purely for the visual, but. The brilliant thing about the GoPro, at least with the 8, so the 8 I've been using most recently on the Kim Wilde gigs, and especially 2018-2019, we had the most incredible lighting directors ever. What this meant was, so usually when I'm the one that has to set up the lights and try and make it look half decent and I don't know what I'm doing, I've got a professional who's lighting the whole show and ends up lighting me up like just the most amazing professional, dynamic looking lighting and I'm just striking poses essentially whilst I'm playing. I'm just playing and, you know, very dynamically, obviously. Um, and I don't mean like quietly or loudly. I mean like, you know, with big movement. Um, so yeah, John Davis, you are a legend. You are a legend amongst men. Um, so yeah, thank you though, Zalster. That's really good insight about the 10. So maybe hold off on the 10. I love the eight. If you're looking for a better price point, the four works great. Um, or some these the, there are some like not knockoff versions but you know copy versions they're meant to be brilliant too so yeah just go research and do some stuff a lot of people have uh, like they put stuff online of what they've what video what photos they've taken with them so just look that up I feel like in fact Instagram probably would be a great one if you just search for hashtag GoPro 2 or GoPro 4 or whatever and just see what comes up interesting Dolly Vic says, loving all the photos. Ha, oh, thank you, Dolly. I haven't, oh yeah, okay, I was just checking that they're not still going on a on a uh, slideshow because that's the kind of thing I would do. Um, 
Ali's here! Hello Ali, how are you? Hi everyone, sorry I'm late joining. It's lovely to have you as always, Ali. Matthew says, I was going to get a compact Sony like that, but it didn't have a viewfinder, so I got the Panasonic Lumix TZ90 as a pocket camera. Wasn't cheap, about 450 quid. Yeah, it's, it's, so I thought that getting a camera like this one would be super, not cheap, but cheaper than it was, especially at the time. I got that a long time ago. I've had this camera a long time. Um, it is expensive, but it's, it is a great investment if you use it, obviously. Um, there was something else I was, oh, that's the other thing. I think it's about just finding equipment and this goes for cameras, this goes for microphones, this goes for drums, this goes for everything, electronics, playback, doors, anything, not doors that you open, DAWs, digital audio workstations. Find something that works for what you need it to do. So my criteria for a camera was always, works in low lighting. In fact, that was it, that was my first criteria. Must work in low lighting. That's what got me onto the Sony. Then I realized the Sony by design did not have a time-lapse function. Luckily they had an app, so it was fine. So the next one was right, something that works well in low light and has a time-lapse function. So that was the GoPro, that was amazing. The next one was having something that I could plug in so it, I didn't need to rely on a battery for it to run out. Cause sometimes, I don't know if it's me, I the new, in fact, the eight is good. You can put it onto a mains, but a lot of these cameras you can't. So that was like the next criteria for the next camera. And each one just gets a little bit better and a little bit better. So just work out what you need it to do and then find the camera. So another thing, fun thing that I found out about why I needed a different camera, this one in specific that I'm talking to right now, this other Sony, which is not an RX100, is that the RX100, the batteries would overheat and it would just stop. After about 25 minutes, the viewfinder, uh, the lens would close and that was it, game over, you're done. And it doesn't matter what it's doing. Whereas this new one, it doesn't overheat as much, so you can go for longer. Granted, sometimes I get it wrong and sometimes it does close and that's for other reasons, but that's user error. That is not actually the camera's problem. Um, so I hope that that helps in some way. Simone says, I have a GoPro Hero 4 and it is really good, but it does get quite hot. Yeah, some of them do. I also bought a Goodman's Action Cam from B&M uh, from a recommendation. It's surprisingly good with a 1080p resolution. See, there you go. So a Goodman's action cam is a, is a suggestion. Um, yeah, I think there's so many different things around anyway. So I guess it, that's part of the problem. You kind of don't know what you want to get. Matthew says, I still use my H2N. That's awesome, Matthew. I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad that yours has survived. I think I ended up buying a 42N? No, H4N? What am I talking about? H4N. I'm looking over there because I'm pretty sure it's in that drawer, but I'm not going to go and roam around for it because that is going to not do anyone any favours. Simone says, I also have a Sony A3000 DSLR. It never lets me down. DSLRs scare the hell out of me. As soon as you start disconnecting lenses and stuff, I freak out. So I can't I can't, I can't, it's too much for me. That's my, that's my line. That's my line of comprehension and understanding without going down the rabbit hole of things like lenses, which I'm sure is a wonderful place, but I have enough rabbit holes that I have to kind of just pretend aren't there 
with drums and mics and preamps and all of that. So I don't need any more rabbit holes to be falling down. Um, <laughs> so Matthew says, my main video camera is a Sony NX100, but that was well pricey, but it's fab. Yeah, I do find you often do get what you pay for. I will say that with cameras. It's, it's interesting because there's a lot of things in life that that isn't the case or very rarely. But one for one, it's pretty, from my experience at least, pretty spot on what you get is what you pay for. Uh, Simone says, Kim Wilde is awesome. Yes, she is. She's awesome. The band are awesome. Oh, I can't wait to be back on tour with them next year. It's going to be so fun. Jake Pratt says, thanks for all the camera recommendations, everyone. Amazing. There you go, Jake. All sorted. Dawny Vic says, thanks so much for answering my question, Emily. Awesome that it's really helpful. Uh, awesome. That is really helpful. I'm glad. Looks like I'm going to be doing lots of videos. Dawn, you are doing videos. I've seen your videos of you shredding. Like, I love it. It's amazing. But yeah, you're right. If you do more, then it's just more visibility, isn't it? It's just a thing. Um, we'll be using these photo tips too. Yeah, do it. Do it. Totally. Just find some cool angles and just, you know, strike some poses and go for it. Um, Craig Steen says, sorry, meant checked luggage. Yep, pedal too. Oh, checked luggage? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fine. Towels, lots of towels, um, or wrap the drums in clothes. Uh, if you really want to be extra, take, if you take it, uh, I assume you're taking a snare drum, um, take the head off and pack stuff in there, clean it out first, because I don't know about you, but some of the insides of my snare drums are mean. Uh, so yeah, you can pack some of the stuff in there too. So maybe you could do like open up the, the head of the snare drum, put a towel around the middle, stick your pedal in there, maybe? Would that fit? Potentially, maybe, or bits. Um, yeah. Oh, that, should, that shouldn't be too difficult. I, I, oh, I've packed some, I've packed a lot more than a few breakables in a case before. Matthew North says, Pinch Express is up past Exeter somewhere. Oh, right, yeah, uh, yeah, Dean Street, I think. Oh yeah, sorry, I, I, it's me being completely ignorant, thinking that the only Jazz Pizza Express is the one that's on Dean Street. I apologise, Matthew. I'm an idiot. Um, Arno says, I love this live stream full of enthusiasm and positivity. I'm losing my voice, though. Uh, keep doing this, but don't forget to breathe every now and again. I know. You're right. Arno, thank you. Let's all breathe together for a second. Okay. And relax. Sergey's here. Hello, Sergey. How are you? You're a fairly new person to the situation. I know we have spoken over email and it was lovely to get an email from you. So hello. And um, I think you're doing stuff with Drumstem Club. There's a little bell in my brain saying that you're, yeah, you've been using the multi-tracks. If anyone that doesn't know, Drumstem Club is free drum multi-tracks for anyone that wants to use them. That can be producers, songwriters, sing singers, musicians. If you want to release them, you can. They're 100% free, you can mess with them, you can edit them, you can do whatever you want. Um, if you go to drumstemclub.com, all I ask is to get a, a credit, basically, and just spread the word about Drumstem Club to other people. It's basically something that I thought about from when I was a kid, uh, growing up, I didn't have a lot, and uh, like, as in our family, we had lots in like love and support and amazingness, like my family are incredible. But in terms of monetary, eh, not so much. So uh, I just thought about what I would really have benefited from as a kid growing up, trying to make it as a professional musician, what would really have helped me. 
and um, this is my version of that for musicians that are coming up. So I would have loved like tracks to play to, like whether it was just like a bass player jamming or whatever. I used to play along to music, but to have music without drums would be amazing. So this is my version of that. For any musicians that want to just play along, practice, record to, or yeah, if you want to do a full on production, if you want to practice production and mixing drums and, you know, using compressors and, and doing all that fun stuff and EQing stuff, then that's for you. So drumstep, drumstemclub.com. Go there, be there, be square or be square. Don't be square. Ali says, I'm uh, sure I missed this. So apologies for asking for you to repeat, but what camera are you using now for these lives? I don't think I did say actually, Ali, I think I'm being silly. So th this is a Sony ZV-1. See, I'm so not about the gear. I have no idea what I'm using. I know I like it. Um, so it's a new version of this old RX100 that's geared more towards uh, blogs and vlogs and, and speaking to camera basically um so Zalst says love my canon dsl but bulky lol yeah that's the other thing cameras can be very bulky because that's the other thing with a gopro chuck it in your bag you can take that with you on check luggage that's for sure that would work in frames here hello in hey em got any live gigs lined up in the near future no i'm i my next live gig that i'm aware of is in march and I'm pretty sure it's in Butlins, but I'm happy with that because I'm, I'm in the studio now. I haven't had a studio for five months. I'm back here. I'm putting my roots back down in here and just, you know, having some semblance of like a routine and I get to do things like this. Like as soon as I start doing live gigs, routines go out the window for me because you know, it could be a gig at the other end of the country and it's just like that will take out not just the day of the gig, but the day after the gig and then energy levels and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just enjoying sort of doing all the stuff in the studio. Oh, right. Matthew says, no, that was a joke. It is Dean Street I'm playing. Oh, Matthew. Well, you got me. I am the most gullible person you'll ever meet, though. I will say that. Uh, but equally, you definitely got me. So, ah, Dean Street. Simone says, Emily, what was your first major live gig and what was the experience? Were you nervous? Okay, first major live gig. <laughs> this is this is gonna sound insane. So, what I consider my first ever kind of like named gig, I'm doing this, I'm a professional drummer, here we go, this is, I'm there, was in 2008. It was with a band called The Hours who were a seven piece sort of indie pop rock kind of bands, sort of a bit like, um, they always liken themselves to Elbow a little bit, I think. Uh, really good fun. Anyway, <laughs> the first gig we ever did, this is gonna sound crazy, was in New York. It was at Sotheby's, which is a really posh auction house. It was as part of you know Bono's charity Red? It was as part, it was part of one of his Red charity auction nights and we were the entertainment. So yeah, that was my first sort of proper live big gig. And here's the kicker, um, got off stage. So uh, yeah, got off, so we'd done a set. We'd learned a couple of Beatles tunes for the encore. And I didn't really know why. I was just like, whatever, I'm new here. Like, whatever you say, I'll do it. Like, it's fine. Went back on stage, started playing. And then Bono gets up and just starts playing and singing with us and came over and was hitting my drums. And I was like, 
That's funny. That's crazy. So yeah, that was my first ever professional sort of gig. And was I nervous? Honestly, I don't remember. I don't think I was, which I know is rubbish. I wish I was. But I learned very early on that I didn't like the feeling of feeling nervous because what it represented to me was that I didn't feel prepared. And from that moment on, and that was when I was 11. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too extreme. But when I was 11, I remember going to play my first ever gig. I was walking to the stage and I felt physically sick. And I have <laughs> I have a bit of a vomiting phobia. So I was like, right, never want to feel like that again. So I made sure, like I worked out why I was feeling like that. I just didn't feel prepared. So I made sure that everything that I went into, I felt so prepared that there's no way I could be nervous. But consequently, what that means is, is that I get to really, truly enjoy everything that I do and be in the moment because I'm not worried about anything. So I don't remember feeling nervous. I remember feeling like this is the most surreal thing that has ever happened to anyone and this is the first gig. Madder things happened with that band. It was a it was an amazing, amazing band. Um an amazing, yeah, time to be in that band. But yeah, anyway, so that was uh my first ever live big gig, I suppose. Zalster says, I was hoping M would have joined Hojo down in Cancun last week. Yes, Zalster, I saw your pic, uh, not your picture, sorry, your video um, with, of Hojo. Yeah, it looked like, well, it looked like all of that time was amazing. So there's been a big 80s festival going on in Cancun and uh, Michael was there. And in fact, it was on one of these uh, festivals that we met. And, and Zalster is just lovely, wonderful human. Ian says, thanks for the update. I get it 100% when you're in the in the zone. It's really cool. I've been using some stem, uh, blah, 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 blah. I've been using some STEM club stuff, but I'm defo gonna tap you up for a project, proper project. Easy drummer ain't Emily Dede. Well, I've got to say, Ian, what a wonderful note to leave this live stream on. And yes, please do get in touch when you need some drums. You know where I am. <laughs> um, but thank you everyone for being here. I really hope that, you know, this inspires you to do some, some photos and maybe even some videos and all that other sort of stuff. Tag me when you do. I want to see what you create because I feel like you're going to be really surprised and and like in a good way. I think I think you're going to pleasantly surprise yourself and actually might enjoy it even maybe just a little bit. Maybe. I know I do for sure. Um oh quickly Simone says have you heard of the Japanese drummer called uh, Nyango Star always makes me laugh. No, I haven't, but I'll have to go and look them up right now. My favourite Japanese drummer is Akira Jimbo because he is the first ever drum clinic I went to when I was 14. It wasn't meant to be. It was meant to be Omar Hakim was the first drum clinic when I was about 12 or 13, but the venue wouldn't let me in. How sad. But anyway, lovely to see you all. And um, again, if you want to be part of this live or if you want to uh, ask any questions, go to emilyslive.com, sign up, ask questions, join us. You'll get a watch link, all the good stuff. But it's been lovely seeing you all. Thank you for the loveliest conversation. It's always a wonderful way to start my week doing these with you. But have a lovely week. And I guess I will catch you next time for another subject. Who knows what it will be. All right, I'll see you guys later. Bye. And Emily is love, ooh yeah, Emily is love.